know you're out there. <laughs> we thought we'd share the light. Your plugs are going to change, although they're not going to change they're on the ship, are they? I said yes at first, and I was like, but that's not going to affect you. Can I just say, Courtney is so polite. <laughs> Hello. Hello! We're back! It's Courtney. It's Sam. This is episode two of our new podcast. This week, we are focusing on some of the things that we wish we knew before our first contract. So hopefully, yep. if there's anybody out there listening that you've you've just been offered a ship contract and you're like, okay, that's great, but what now? Hopefully, we can give you a little bit of the inside scoop of what we think would have been useful to know at that time. If you have just been offered a contract, congratulations. Yes. This is so exciting. Such an exciting time for you. Um, and you've got so many adventures to come. Um, and or even if you're just simply thinking about, like you're inquisitive about what life is like um, for crew members, or perhaps you're thinking about joining a cruise ship as crew, or maybe you're just a guest who likes to get all the inside goss of like crew the behind life. behind the scenes. <laughs> we know you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we'd share the light. <laughs> share the light. Share okay. the light. Shed the light. <laughs> So, uh, we've each thought up five things that we think could be quite prominent for anyone who is either thinking or about to start a cruise contract. Do you want me to start? Sure. Okay. I'm going to get mine up here. Um, are we doing, should we go one by one? One by one. Okay. So, my first thing I wish I knew before I joined the ship was about the travel adapters because I realised, I mean, this kind of goes, maybe I'm cheating a little bit. I should say this is what I wish I knew before each contract because each ship can have a different outlet. So depending on where the ship was made or if it's a newer ship or an older ship, they may have different sockets, they may have different outlets. So I would suggest taking a travel adapter that's one of the more fancy ones that's got like the different plug outlets. Is that the technical term for it? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, so that you could get one for the UK yeah. and then you slide it out for the US or you slide it out for <laughs> Australia, like wherever your ship is going or wherever it, no, whatever. Whatever the plug is on the ship, you need a travel adapter that's going to be able to do it all. I think that's great. I think that's a, that's an awesome one because actually in a contract, your ship can reposition itself. Mm -hmm. It can change its location, meaning your plugs are going to change, although they're not going to change they're on the ship, are they? Oh my God. I said yes at first. I was like, but that's not going to affect you. I you mean, so... maybe if you're like, you're going off the ship and you want to plug your laptop in when you get in the free Wi-Fi from the cafes, but... Can, can I just say, Courtney is so polite because she was nodding away and then it, she could see where it was going and where I was going. And she didn't stop me, but she kept on smiling. She was Thank on, you he very was on a roll. Thank you. Okay. My first one would be bring magnets. Yes. Now, if you don't know this... Every crew cabin, or in general, all, most of the walls in ships are magnetic, meaning that you need magnets to put anything up, which is great in a way because it means you can completely customise and, and um, decorate your cabin to make it feel more homely. 
So if you want to put pictures up from home, maybe some people like flags or tapestry up on the walls. Sometimes if you're on the lower bunk, you can you can put a tapestry up on the lower bunk so you have something nice to look up onto. Should I tell you what I did my first contract? Well, actually, Please. I didn't. My mum arranged this for me. She went on to Google and she Googled what the standard length of a crew bunk is and she got me a photo collage so she put all of my family members on there my friends my pets um I had like everybody everyone was including aunts uncles cousins like obviously my mum my dad my grandparents my sister uh my boyfriend my friends everyone she'd had everyone's photo added to this collage and it went the whole length of my bed so I was able to then, which I didn't realise about the magnets, but when I got there and I went off in port, I bought magnets and I was able to stick it up on my wall. Oh, that's so right nice. Right next to my bed, yeah. It is a very much a thing to bring magnets because um, you can use them for anything. You can get little fairy lights yeah. and drape them around if you want some nice warm like tones into your room. Some people go all in. I would often get like little Polaroids and stick them around because they were cute. But yeah, magnets. Magnets are your best friends. Can I add to your just a little bit? Please. I don't know if you've yep. put it down as one of your other things. Well, though. yeah, go for it. Just because you said fairy lights. This wasn't on my, on my list. That's but okay. you need battery operated fairy lights. Because yes. you can't plug anything. You can't leave your cabin with anything plugged in. So if you're going to do fairy lights, which I use them because it's very cute, um, battery operated. Absolutely. Full disclosure, we don't actually know what each other have, has written. So um, as a part of the part of the fun is we're kind of figuring, figuring it out as we're going on. Okay, that was my first one. What's your second one? My second one was, okay, this might be a little bit more catered to anybody that's going into entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just obviously we're speaking from our, our own experiences. I wish I knew what the theme nights were before I joined the ship because... Depending on what ship you go on, some of the bigger, fancier ships have all the costumes there ready for you. My first ship was not a big, fancy cruise ship. It was beautiful, don't get me wrong. It was the Norwegian Spirit. It was the smallest in the fleet. Um, and our cruises were also 10 and 11 days. So they were quite long compared to, like, obviously a seven-day a seven cruise. So we had more theme nights. So I didn't have... A friend of mine had told me, who who worked on ships before, these are kind of the general ones, but we had extra nights that I wasn't prepared for. And they didn't have any costumes on board. But as crew staff, they expected me to dress up at the theme nights. Oh, wow. So I had to go off the ship. I remember it was my first time in Naples, Napoli. <laughs> and it was like, Napoli is great for the shopping. So I was able to find like a cheap charity shop or something, I think it was. And I bought loads of stuff, but... I hadn't packed anything for rock night or 60s night or, you know, all these different theme nights I had Mm. nothing for. So Mm. if you're in entertainment, if you're a crew staff specifically, or sometimes they're called activities hosts, whatever the position is, try and find out what your theme nights are on board and if you need to bring costumes and accessories for them. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that's wild to me. We, I mean, I guess with Disney Cruise Line, we only had one, we had one pirate night. So I was on the Disney Dream. And we would have three and four day cruises mm. um, and we would do pirate nights every cruise. So we would have two right. pirate nights a week, but they would provide all the costumes. Um, but that's crazy that, you, yeah, you would have yeah. so many different nights. We had so many. We had 50s and 60s, 70s, 80s, Latin night, 
We had a rock night. Some of the nights we would use like a big game show instead of doing a theme night party. Mm-hmm. There was a lot. There was a lot of different theme nights. So we had a country night, a lot. And I was like, I didn't pack half the stuff I needed for these parties. Okay, my second tip. Whatever bag you choose to bring, make sure it is not a hard shell case. Now, this can vary depending on what ship you're going on. My biggest suggestion for you is if you're going to bring, which you should bring like one or two cases with you, depending on what your cruise line will allow you to bring with you, make sure it is a case that can fold in on itself or has a soft top so that it can scrunch down and therefore fit under your bed and not take up space. Because on my ship, on the Dream, it was fine because we had space underneath our beds that would fit a hard shell case. However, on some of the more classic ships and the older ships, that would not be the case. So people would have to chuck it in weird places in the room and it would take up unnecessary amounts of space. So I would say, if you can, try and get a space-saving bag that can scrunch down in on itself. You can get some now that like fold, don't they? They Mm. fold into themselves. It's funny though that you've said that because I was told this when I went on my first ship. Now I'm gonna totally contradict you, Sam, and I'm sorry, because I was told the same thing before going on my first Mm -hmm. ship. Don't take a hard case, like a hard shell case. So I said, okay. So my mum and dad said, take a big holdall with you. So that was able to squish down Mm -hmm. into nothing. However, I didn't realize that when you walk from the hotel to the coach, you're carrying it all yourself. Mm -hmm. When you walk from the coach onto the ship, you're carrying it all yourself. So when you have two bags plus a little trolley case, which is what I had, it was really hard for me to carry everything. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I think I was the only person that had like a soft case. Everybody else had hard shell cases. And so for every other contract after that, I got hard shell cases. Norwegian Cruise Line, mm. the beds always have enough space to put a hard, okay. a hard shell case okay. underneath. I got like a set of three, like a big one, a medium one, and then like the small carry-on mm-hmm. case. So they actually go inside each other as well and close. Yeah, yeah. So you're still only needing the space for one suitcase, mm-hmm. but I didn't need to worry about having them fold on into themselves. But I, I obviously it's a thing for certain cruise lines because yeah. I was advised of the same before I went on board. But after that, I said, I can't carry them all myself. Like I'm going away for six months. I need to bring <laughs> all the things and it's too heavy for myself. Absolutely. So... Check, check, check if you can with check. your cruise line. Okay, this is going to be a bit of a funny one, but you don't need to take as many toiletries with you as you think. Because mm. my first contract, obviously, like, you're not really sure what to pack. You try and put all the things in that you're thinking you're going to need. Mm. And I know maybe for some people, me, myself being one of those people, I'm more fussy about, like, well, I want this kind of brand for my conditioner and my shampoo. And when did, whoever says conditioner and shampoo, shampoo and conditioner, um, I want this specific face wash or whatever. But if you're not as fussy and it doesn't matter too much, only take a small amount with you because it obviously you're using up your weight allowance. Mm. So you can take enough to get you through the first couple of days, but then you're, you are going to be allowed off the ship to go and buy toiletries. So when you get on board, the people there will tell you the cheap supermarkets around. Don't bother buying it in from the crew mart because they'll charge you more money than you need to spend. So wait until you get your first day off the ship and go and like you can stock up on mm. the things that you need that are cheaper. And then you don't have to worry about it using up your weight allowance. 
So my third one would be bring offline activities with you. Everything you do on a ship is pretty much gonna be offline other than when you can get off or get into port and use some free Wi-Fi. Unless you wanna really run all your money into, into Wi-Fi, which is a dangerous, dangerous it's Very habit. expensive too. Um, I don't know how much a Wi-Fi package was for you on board, but on the Disney Dream, it was uh, 250 megabytes was $10. Oh, uh, it was $5 for 55 minutes or a certain amount of megabytes, but I can't remember what the megabytes were. So I remember being like, I'm sure for me, it's better to do the minutes. But yeah, I remember $5 for 55 minutes. It's very easy, basically, to rinse your money on Wi-Fi, and people do. I would suggest bring something that you can do offline that is either a hobby, so maybe it's reading books or that you can do in your cabin, or maybe it's board games or card games that you can play with friends, or, um, I don't know, some people used to crochet on board. Something that you can do in your cabin that you can do in an evening that is either sociable or perhaps something that you enjoy doing, but that doesn't require internet or like phone usage and um, because that just isn't isn't possible when you're out at sea especially if you're going to be going on longer voyages you know 11 12 day whatever sea um, days sea days absolutely so that would be my third tip okay my next tip i don't know about you on on every ship that i went on there was one app at least on your phone that you could message for free so on my first ship, this is going back like to a few years now, we used the app Google Allo. I don't know if you ever heard of that, Sam, on ships. Oh, we know, we never, I never heard of that. No. It was Google Allo, and so if I had Allo and you had Allo, Allo, Allo. Allo, Allo. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, we could message for free. So, oh, wow. you know, like on your phone when it says you're connected to the Wi-Fi, but you haven't mm. logged in yet. So that's all you needed to do was have your Wi-Fi as being on and then you could message for free. Then after that, it went on to something else, another app. And then it was iMessage. You could message for free. So you were a bit stuffed if the people that you wanted to message weren't iPhone users. But there was always one app on board that I was able to message for free. So you need to get on the ship and you need to ask the other crew, what app can I use? And then link into that so that you don't, like just keep spending all your money on Wi-Fi, get a local SIM card. Mm. Try and work out what the, what the best deal is for the local SIM card, depending on which country you're joining the ship. And get it from the airport before you, before you join. So it doesn't matter any time you're in port and if you don't have the chance to get off the ship for the day, you'll find somewhere on the ship, like a crew area that is specifically for crew, that you'll be able to sit and just use your data. Google Fi is another... That was going to be my yeah. suggestion. I used Google Fi and I had literally had like, a, like an old Nokia, yeah. like it was a brick phone. Um, but um, I stuck, stuck my... Uh, All right, granddad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny. I remember when I got it, um, they were like, do you want a mini SIM card? And I really struggled to get a, an old, an old, you know, fat yeah. SIM card. So um, anyway, eventually, eventually got it. Um, I had to get it like, sent, delivered to my house. But um, it was a really great thing to use because... You were, no matter where you were in the world, you knew it was going to cost you the same amount yeah. and it was just all included. You yeah, know? Google Fi is good, I think, if you're on a Caribbean itinerary yes. or somewhere in, in the Americas. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're in Europe, you're very lucky with the choice of SIM cards you can get because one SIM card will cover so many different countries and it's so cheap in Europe mm -hmm. for phone data. But yeah, definitely figure out which app you can use for free messages 
and then get a SIM card in the airport if you can. My next one is going to be ways to save storage uh, inside your cabin. So your cabins are very, very, very small usually. Any ways that you can save space is a bonus. Now, one of the ways that I found was the best ways to uh, save space was to use a shoe holder. Yep. So this would go on the back of your door um, and it would just basically like have slots for your shoes. And that was fantastic because it would essentially mean that you wouldn't have to keep anything on the floor and it would keep your ground clear. And it's funny because when you live in a cabin with someone else that is small, usually there's only enough space really in your cabin for one person to be standing or changing at one time. So usually it was a kind of a courtesy to keep the floor space clean because that was a communal space and to keep it clear. One would change while the other one was still in their bunk and then all, one would go to the bathroom while the other one was changing, if that makes sense. So you get to know your cabin mate very, very well. I would say any way that you can get your stuff, your personal stuff kind of tucked away or neatly organized and off the floor uh, would be the better. I agree. I used to use, you can get them like hanging drawers in your wardrobe as well. Because often you usually get like half a wardrobe because the full wardrobe is divided for both people. So I used to use, yeah, like um, the hanging drawers um, so that you could still hang some stuff up and then the rest of it you could use, divide them. I'm just like, I like to be very organized. So that's how I would do it. And I also had a shoe holder. And then I had another thing um, in for the bathroom. Mm. So I could put different bits in the bathroom as well, hanging on the bathroom door too. So all of that helps. So yes, I agree. Anything that you can get for storage is such, such a good thing. I still have them in my wardrobe, um, just in case I ever go back on board. <laughs> so there you go. It's an investment, really, if you think about this. This stuff is, is it's an investment. <laughs> All right, I've got my last one. Yeah, go for it. My last one, which I think is really, really, really important. Give yourself one month. The first month of being on board it's gonna be really hard. I'm not gonna to lie to you. Especially if it's your first time away from home, it was for me, first time on a ship, first time doing that position. It's, it's tough. The, the time difference, the people that you're working with, having to adjust to all of these things, the rules. I know some people can struggle with the authority. Give yourself a month. You have to give yourself a month. If you don't like it after a month, Okay, maybe you can reconsider. Mm. Look at your options. But do not give up until you've hit that one month mark. And try and tell the people around you as well, or like your, your friends and family. I can remember, I had a time, I had one day in port, I was in Valletta in Malta, and I went to McDonald's by myself, and I just cried. I cried eating my chips because I was so homesick. I called my mum. And I can remember her saying she felt really like helpless because there was nothing she could do in that moment. Wait for the month. That's my biggest piece of advice. You have to give yourself a month. Try and cut yourself off from people at home to begin with. Now, I know that sounds extreme, but... You kind of have no choice with the Wi-Fi anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> like, really immerse yourself with where you are, the new friends that you're making, go out with people, 
go socialize. There's usually crew activities happening. Go and get involved with some of that. Meet people from all over. But just don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of as soon as you're in port, using your phone and contacting friends from home too soon. Because if you do and you're feeling homesick or things are getting difficult on board for you personally, it will make it even harder to go back. So as Courtney said, stick it out. Mm-hmm. I think that's some great advice from you, Courtney. And, uh, and just keep going. It's rare that I have words of wisdom, but they happen sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, love them. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's your last, your last tip? So my last tip, get ready for long days. Emotionally prepare yourself. We've all had long days in our lives, but nothing can quite compare to what you're going to experience on a cruise ship. The fact that in a way is you're going to be working from the morning time, maybe 8, 9 a.m., possibly all the way through until 10, 11 at night with breaks, obviously, in between. I mean, that would be crazy to work all the way through. And when I say emotionally and physically prepare... I mean, a few weeks out of before you join your ship, start building up your stamina for longer days. Be awake and be up and be moving as much as you can all day. Give yourself breaks within the day. Be up late. Start building up your stamina to be used to going to bed and, and having six, seven hours sleep. Now, obviously, it depends on, on your lifestyle on board. So not everyone, some people will do their work and will go straight to bed and get a full eight hours sleep. But nine times out of 10, your structure of your day is whenever you finish work, between whenever you're starting work the next day, those are your times to go to the gym, to socialize, to do your washing, um, do any kind of hobbies that you have. So really, even if you did an hour either side of your bedtime, you're still going to be on about six, seven hours sleep. So I would say really build build up your stamina the closer you get to going away and just so you're ready for when you join the ship it's quite it's quite funny that you were just saying about this and i've yawned during that time <laughs> I'm like well you can tell i'm not on a ship anymore <laughs> it's literally six fifty-eight p.m like, <laughs> ridiculous so there we go i think that kind of wraps everything up there's so like after having this discussion i'm like oh there's so many things that i could go on about but i can't say it all now otherwise we're not going to have enough of the other episodes Maybe we do a part two to this one. Mm. Um, Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on our Instagram at Cruising with the Crew. Spotify. And Spotify. Thank you for reminding (laughs) me. Spotify. Otherwise than that, Courtney, it's it's your turn to wrap this one up. So, yeah, (laughs) that's it. And we hope to have you back next week listening to us chat some more. Till then, see you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs)